Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> Corruption. Written by Matt Butcher. Narrated by Ian McEwan. Finally, Jacob had downloaded it. It was the game that all his friends had been raving on about for weeks now. Manhunt. We're all on level five already, Jack! They jibed in the schoolyard. You'll never catch up if you don't join soon! So, a slave to peer pressure, like most other 12-year-olds, join he had. The download itself had taken less than a minute. He'd accessed the Neuralink in a particularly boring history lesson about pre-terraformed Martian geography and let the data quietly etch itself onto the additional, artificial chunk of grey matter he'd had inserted for extra memory as a birthday treat. By the end of school that day, it was fully installed and playable, so he fired it up as he waited for his school bus to glide down to meet them. Jacob felt a host of new thoughts and feelings enter his mind. Games like this didn't interrupt vision as they once had, first with projection eyewear, 
and then with transmission directly to the visual cortex. Now, they transmitted the relevant information into the correct sensors of the brain, without interruption of senses. The prompts of the game became more like impulses, urges that the player had to follow, and the targets felt more like the actual ambitions of the player. Games were now played on an entirely visceral level. He's nearby, a voice seemed to whisper in his head. About 100 meters or so. The game had begun. This game, Manhunt, had been described to him as a modern twist on the timeless schoolyard classic of Tag. Targets would be selected, and players had to race against each other to find them first. Any person with a Neuralink, even some homeless people had them, was a potential target, and several were active at once. Points were given for speed, and combos for several targets within a certain amount of time. Extra bonuses were apparently available, but Jacob figured he'd master the basics first before worrying about those. Slipping away from his fellow students at the bus stop wasn't hard. Half of them seemed lost in some immersal or other, and the other half didn't even seem to notice he existed anyway. The urge led him away from the mag highway and back onto the older, solid streets that were now solely used for pedestrian travel. As he headed down an alleyway into the crowded street at its mouth, he felt the urge draw him sharp left, like metal to a magnet, before falling silent. All of a sudden, he was directionless, lost like a ship without a wind to sail on. He looked around, confused. Had the game broken? Told you you'd fall behind, Jack! A friend of his, Peter, yelled as he passed. The game wasn't broken. Peter had just got to the target first. Jacob suddenly felt a strong compulsion to head in the direction he'd just seen Peter running in. He had a new target, the same one as Peter. The chase was on. He and Peter had grown up as friends, and as families were currently at a one-child limit, they'd served as brothers for each other. Competition had been rife between the pair growing up, but of late, they'd grown apart a little. Peter had begun to hang around with some of the older kids from school, the ones everyone said liked to watch first-person murder immersals and take strange, dimension-bending drugs behind the hoverboard sheds. Jacob had fallen by the wayside. He figured he just wasn't edgy enough. He'd show them, though. He'd win this stupid game and prove them all wrong. Following Peter as he weaved through the crowd, Jacob felt a tug in a different direction. He knew a shortcut, apparently. The game had access to the player's thoughts and memories, and if it deemed something relevant, it would bring the information forward as a suggestion. Branching off down an alleyway, Jacob instantly remembered what he already knew. 
The rooftops in this neighborhood were all close enough to jump from one to another. He'd learned this in a hurry whilst fleeing from bullies, some of which were included in Peter's new circle of friends. Jacob scaled the ladder hastily. He'd learnt in a history lesson that these ladders had been used to escape fires before nanobot clouds had been able to detect and smother them in a matter of minutes. The rooftop was deserted, so Jacob ran full pelt in the direction the urge was drawing him. He had to beat Peter to this target. He just had to. It felt as though there was nothing more important. Was this game thinking for him, spurring him on? Vaulting the lip of the rooftop, Jacob came to a rolling landing on the next roof, which was a little lower than he'd expected. His elbow throbbed as he smashed it against the concrete to stop his roll, but he didn't have time to worry about it. Not yet, anyway. Running to vault onto the next rooftop, Jacob skidded to a halt. The urge had gone. Peter had reached the target first. Shit, Jacob grumbled between panted breaths. The urge returned, drawing him to his right. Barely catching his breath, he pursued it. As he did, an ancient joke that their history teacher had told them sprung to mind. Two friends are out in the jungle when a leopard appears, Jacob thought he remembered the joke beginning. This leopard had skin that looked rather like the pattern of his mother's handbag. His history teacher said the original creatures had been driven to extinction a century before he was born when the handbags were made from the real creature's hide. Jacob had turned his nose up at the idea as wearing skin was something that he'd only previously experienced in one of the horror immersals he'd experienced with Peter. One friend begins to put on his running shoes, the teacher had continued the joke. What are you doing? the other friend asks. We'll never outrun the leopard. I don't need to outrun the leopard, is the reply. I only have to outrun you. The teacher had closed with a chuckle that his class hadn't reciprocated. <laughs> Jacob didn't have to outrun Peter, he just had to get there first. He needed his running shoes. He needed an advantage, or rather, a hindrance for Peter. Following the urge to the next target as fast as he could, he noticed Peter weaving through the alleyways below him like a rat in a maze. Following the direction Peter was sprinting in, Jacob's eyes came to rest on a young man stood in an alleyway. He appeared vacant, lost in an immersive. It felt as though this man was an old friend who'd slipped his mind, but upon seeing him, all the memory of him returned. This was the target. In this moment, Jacob felt completeness. All else was secondary. He was so close, but Peter was closer. 
Jacob had to stop him. That was the only way he'd win. He saw that now. Tracing Peter's path from his rooftop vantage point, Jacob's hands came to rest on a loose, concrete slab. Without a second thought, he pushed it free, sending it plummeting down towards the friend who'd been as close as a brother to him. There was a dull crunch accompanied by a scream. Jacob sprinted towards the nearest fire escape and slid down, clutching only its sides with agility and skill that he didn't know he even possessed. His ankles crunched slightly upon his landing, but the pain didn't bother him. He was almost within touching distance of the target, who was still immersed in some distant fantasy. Lurching forward, Jacob touched him. Tag, you're it! he thought giddily. But the urge towards his target didn't stop. There was no new target. He was still drawn to the man in front of him. I... I don't understand, he muttered. What are you waiting for? Peter spoke from behind him. Spinning around, Jacob found Peter dragging himself towards him with both legs so broken they looked like stockings filled with jagged rocks. What do you mean? Jacob asked him. I've won, haven't I? Peter let out a slow, pained chuckle. (laughs) You didn't open the rules, did you, Jack? I didn't think I needed to. You've almost won, Peter said, handing him a length of metal pole. It was stained with bloodstains, some old and dry, some fresh. Jacob felt his face turn white. You're in the game now, Jack. You have to finish this. Somehow Jacob knew Peter was right. This was all that mattered now. Raising the pipe above his head, he brought it crashing down on the target's head. It crunched, cracking his skull open at the temple. Thick blood bubbled out, but the man remained vacant. Licensed immersals were supposed to boot out the user when physical damage was detected. But the illegal ones didn't include this feature, so God knew what this man was experiencing. Another blow to the head, and Jacob found the pipe lodged in the man's skull. His knees buckled, sending the target crashing limply to the floor, audibly breaking his kneecaps as he did. Finally, the urge subsided and Jacob was blessed with the relief of his victory. He felt elated as the game triggered a serotonin release in his brain as reward. Well done, Jack! Peter smiled through bloody teeth. You win! Still in the warm fuzz Jacob's victory had earned him, he didn't notice the approaching siren the stomping of combat boots, and the screams of the armored police division. 
It was the sonic immobilizer that brought him back to the present. Incredibly unpleasant subsonic frequencies were beamed straight into his ear, causing him great pain and nausea. This is the fifteenth case of this today, Kidman, one officer yelled to a second, who was looking at Jacob uneasily. Sixteenth, actually, Lars. We need to get this corrupt software out of these kids' heads, sharpish, and... Jesus! Lars's eyes had finally found Peter's pulverized legs. We need to get some new legs grown for you too, mate. Peter just chuckled slowly, comfortably numb from the many kill rewards he'd already received. As Jacob was lifted into the back of the police car, hovering silently back on the mag highway, he felt the urge return. The new target was nearby, very nearby. When his eyes fell on the supporting officer, Kidman, Jacob knew what he had to do. Slowly, as to not arouse response, Jacob grabbed Lars's sonic immobilizer and fired it in the direction of Kidman, who promptly collapsed to his knees and vomited. Pushing himself up, Peter tugged the pipe from the previous target's skull and plunged it lengthways up Kidman's nostril. He grunted in pain as blood trickled out the end of the pipe's hollow cavity. Using all the strength he could muster, Peter grabbed the back of Kidman's head and slammed it, pipe first, into the floor. The pipe's invading steel managed to make it a fair distance up Kidman's nose cavity and into the soft tissue behind it until it found something it couldn't pass through, leaving Kidman propped up, face down, with the pipe up his nose. Thick blood oozed from its end out onto the concrete slab pavement. Combikill! Two million points! Jacob felt himself think as the serotonin reward flooded his brain. Somewhere in the warm fuzz it granted returned the urge. There was another target. Target acquired. There would always be another target. Target acquired. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Corruption was written by Matt Butcher, narrated by Ian McEwan, edited by Carl Hughes, with music by Stephen O'Brien and Tom Robson. So I hear you like fiction told in the medium of audio, eh? Well, guess what? Luke Condor and Ian McEwan have just launched a hipster from outer space as a nine-hour audiobook. It's an oddball science fiction thriller that involves an ancient alien being waking up in the body of a hipster, a psychotic killer obsessed with self-help, and a talking cat called Gary. If you think that it might be your thing, then go grab a copy of the audiobook from hyperurl.co slash hipsteraudio, or simply go into the show notes and click on the link. Once again, that link is hyperurl.co slash hipsteraudio, or go to the show notes and click on the link. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.